Welcome back, nerds, to the Game of Nerds podcast, where there's no shame in having an unhealthy obsession with a fandom. I'm your host, Shannon, and on this episode, we're talking all about the Marvel Cinematic Universe with our head MCU writer here on the Game of Nerds, Russ Milheim. How are you doing today? I'm doing good. How are you? I am so excited to talk to you about Marvel. You were my favorite person to talk Marvel about, and you know... It's one thing to name your kid Marvel and have a Marvel collection, but I think I've, you know, like I, I'm over the point of like fan. Everyone knows me as the Marvel lady and I don't like DC, but I really do. I like every, I like superheroes. That's my thing. I like DC. Uh, okay. I mean, I have problems with some of the movies uh, as a lot of people probably should, but I do love the characters and yeah. the worlds that they have as well. So, yeah. but people don't seem to realize that you can like both. Uh, yeah. So. No, I I love that there's so many superheroes that we can jump into, but Marvel and DC are really, for the last, I mean, both of these kind of started their movie careers in the early 2000s. Um, you know, Iron Man really came out in 2008, right? Yeah, 2008. So yeah. it's, I mean, I was fresh out of high school when all of this kind of started, uh, but there was a real fandom, like nerd became the new thing to be in Lord of the Rings. All of that kind of stuff was coming out at that time. I think I was just entering high school uh, oh. for Iron Man 1, maybe not even in high school. It was like summer of 20 or 2008, yeah. so probably graduating middle school. Oh my god! If, if, if graduating middle school is actually a thing. It is. It is. It counts. <laughs> there was a dance. We had a ceremony. It happened, right? So before we start our podcast, we talk about what we're obs obsessing about, what's taking our money. Oh, boy. Uh, I'm actually doing a big uh, renovation of my, I call it the den, but it's like your Marvel room, where it's like where all my stuff is, uh, and also my room as well. Uh, and it's taken a lot of money. Um, <laughs> and so I've been, uh, I know you have a huge Funko collection, and I did at one point as well. I had over 400. Um, I have since uh, cut down on those numbers. Uh -huh. I think I have just over a hundred now, and I'm kind of shifting my attention to um, hot toys. Ooh! Uh, just because I felt like it was becoming very difficult to keep up with Funko's uh, expensive, yes. but also more importantly, very uh, space-consuming. Yes, you uh, acquire. And, <laughs> and, and after having gotten like a hot toy or two, I, just they kind of draw attention, and they're really nice, and you continually appreciate them every time you see them. And so I wanted to have a little bit of those kind of bigger items. And I can't do all of the above. So I was like, okay, I'll figure out the Funkos that I, I really do want to keep and uh, want to collect. And so currently I only have at least one of every Avenger level character. Okay. So like I have shelves with all of our current Avengers, uh, the villains for the Avengers, and then Spider-Man. Oh, yeah, his, his villains and all of his different costumes. I try to avoid variants. Um, and like the really stupid, like wooden Spider-Man, it's like, that's not a cut. That doesn't count. <laughs> no, no. We, we drew the line at the video games ones. Like I couldn't, we couldn't jump into the, the game verse ones and the graffiti and the new luchador the, ones. The graffitis I'm, are the ugliest Funkos I have ever seen in my life. No, they are. I totally agree. Every with time you. I see them, I'm like, that is hideous. It, yeah, they're, they're, yeah. But once again, how many Groots and stuff, like you say, how many variants do you need of certain characters? Like, can we get a Squirrel Girl? Can we get some, like, nope. different actual characters? I, I did have her at one point, though. Squirrel Girl's one of my we least favorite. We do have favorite. Squirrel Girl. But, you know, I'm trying to say, like, can we get some characters that, like, we don't have in the MCU yet? Yeah, I did get some of the, like, well, I got the Spider-Man PS4 because he's he's kind of, he's a different universe Spider-Man, different costume. Yeah. So I was like, I, and then, 
Uh, I know Miles had his whole line, and I'm not going to get all the Miles lines, but I absolutely love his, um, I think it's called the Crimson Cow. Yeah. So I got that one to represent Miles. Uh, I was like, I love that costume. I also have his Spider-Verse one, so like, yeah. I guess he's got two there. Some slip by. We'll see. I'll probably end up, t- like, I, I snip here and there because it's kind of like a, it's a process. You have to separate yourself <laughs> over time. So you kind of think about it. Maybe you put them. So you put a chunk in the closet, and you just kind of yep. forget about them. And then you go, "Oh yeah, this is fine. I don't really have a connection to them anymore." Yeah, we and were just can- having that discussion this morning. He's like, "Okay, what are you really attached to? Like what? Like because we we are slowly condensing and condensing and condensing. Um, you know, it's." It's a lot of stuff on the walls and we live in earthquake country, so it can all come down very easily. It's a lot to ensure all of this stuff um, too. So yeah, we're in the process of downsizing and it's hard. Um, But like you say, once you start putting them in boxes and you're like, oh, that was in the box, like, eh, I'm gone. Okay, you can get rid of it. I I really don't care. Um, My latest uh, obsession has been the crown. I don't know how the hell I got into the crown, but. Yeah, I'm in the crown. I'm about a season deep. Um, it's bad, but I think it's because Matt <laughs> Smith is playing Prince Philip, and I think that might be. I how like Matt Smith. But I, guess I, I love don't him. Know no, I love him. Um, I think that's the reason why I think I'm like drawn more into it is because I'm like, oh yeah, it's Matt Smith. He's nice to look at, and I love him in Doctor Who. So there we go. Uh, but yeah, I'm deep in the crown, and we've gotten new episodes of Bluey, so life is good at the Parola House. So I have nothing to complain about. But yeah, the crown has been sucking me in, along with Funko, as we've been purging. I, I very much. I haven't had much time to do TV shows, movies, or games because of just this never-ending project of like it's just always it's, it's nonstop. And then I also have to work, and then yep. you find this new thing. Oh, let me move this. Oh, I need this, and like. <laughs> Having 400 Funko Pops and then condensing them, right? It leaves a lot of empty space. And not just yeah. like, oh, you don't want any empty space. I'm like, no, it just looks bad because I had a room that was meant for this and now it doesn't have that. So you have to do like huge adjustments so it looks natural. I love seeing everybody's collection. I think that's the my favorite part about the Funko community and people who collect like toys and stuff like that is seeing how you guys display it in your house because I think that there's this new prevalence of, hey, I'm a nerd and it's okay that there's cool toys and stuff like this on the wall. Like we're showcasing that we're nerds and it's okay. Well, one of the things though is like they may be called hot toys, but you know, $400 objects are not toys. No, <laughs> they're, they're not. They're not meant to be played as toys. They are displayed and then left on a shelf you don't want to break them. And when you are yeah. displaying them, it's not like you're just willy-nilly doing it. You're very carefully making sure that yep. things are going where they need to go. That's why I laugh about uh, the Go- Legos Ghostbusters house that we built, or I built. I shouldn't say we built. I built it. It took me two weeks to do it. And the only way to move the son of a bitch is you have to get our giant turkey cutting board slide the sucker off the off the shelf onto the onto the (laughs) stupid cutting board and carry it that way it doesn't fit anywhere else you can't put it in anything else it has to go that way it's a pain like i just oh and now i'm like getting i want to get rid of like it's like a as like a perfectionist uh a perfectionist i don't know what word i just said uh and like i have like some ocd it can be hard sometimes having these really expensive figures because you kind of worry, it's like, oh, there's a micro scratch or like, there's nothing you could do about these things because sometimes they just happen. No, you can't. And it's just like, fuck. Nope. 
Yeah, our current Hawkeye, uh, Koto Bukia, doesn't have any more arrows. I don't know where the five arrows went in the last, I don't know, five years. But Marvel's he's getting just sitting ready there to fight like back. this. Uh, they're in a glass case. So I think some just kind of got lost in the millions of moving processes that we've done. Hopefully this this year will be our last one because I really hate moving all these damn Funkos. <laughs> like, it's the bane of my existence. Yeah, 1,300 Funkos, that's uh, a lot. Uh, yes, and most of our collection really is Marvel, and I guess this is a great way of segueing into uh, the Marvel talk that we're going to have here. A lot of people just assume, oh, Marvel is MCU, or they use the name synonymously, or they're like, what the fuck is the MCU? Uh, I try and explain it as, it's the Marvel world. Um, people like to get specific with, it's the cinematic wor- universe, it's basically so, anything Marvel produces at this point. Is, is it- at this point, yeah, because uh, Marvel, I mean, Marvel Studios is the only studios now producing Marvel content on television uh, film, with one exception, I believe, which is uh, on Hulu. There's still the animated Modoc series, um, yep. and any. I don't even think they're currently airing, but like there was like the Spider-Man animated shows. Yeah, and uh, Runaways was are- on there for a while. Well, yeah, but yeah, but none of those, I don't even think there's any like Saturday morning cartoons happening, uh, which is an interesting uh, thing because that's always been a thing. But then now that Marvel's uh, MC or Marvel Studios was like, this is all our stuff now. Yeah. They just don't exist anymore. It's it's so cool how to see like now when I was prepping for this episode, it was really cool to see how in from 2018 when or 2008 when Iron Man came out to now how far the MCU has come and how they've weaved all these different pieces in. And I mean, if you really go back to think about it, when Iron Man came out, did we really think that the MCU was going to be the way it was? Like, did we really think that Marvel was going to be the biggest name in 2021? Obviously. Well, I mean, as, <laughs> no. as nerds, yes. But the, once again, as we were talking about, this is, you know, Lord of the Rings was coming out. Dark Knight also came out that same year. So the Batman DC franchise was really kind of growing. There was like this hype on being a nerd and superheroes. But I thought, I personally, when I saw Iron Man, I was so excited because it's like, yeah, this is Marvel content. I remember reading the comic books and stuff like that. But I thought it was just going to be a standalone. Okay, this is Iron Man, and that's all we're going to get. I didn't think it was going to become this entire universe that I would engulf myself in. I don't, I don't think anyone could have guessed. Like, I know some people are like, oh, of course. Like, it's definitely going to make it there. But no, uh, I don't think it was ever anything anyone could guess. Because not only is it is it here where it is now, but nothing to this day in over a decade has been able to achieve anything close uh the closest has been you know the dc universe which as we all know is a mess yeah Uh, even if you enjoy it and like all of the movies the continuity behind the scenes all that is a mess factually uh uh, and which is a shame because you know that world and those characters deserve just as much love and attention that the marvel world has gotten um they just sadly didn't have their own studio which is their downfall (laughs) Maybe one day they'll make that move, but... No, I totally agree with you. It was like these characters... It's almost like they knew the plan. And and now looking back at it, we do know they had a plan. Like, they had this all meticulously planned out of how this was all going to kind of work out. And as things kind of arise, new projects got to pop up within the wind. But, you know, we started with Iron Man. 
that same year Incredible Hulk came out, I was pissed. I saw that in theaters. I was pissed. I only saw it that one time. Never again. We don't even mention it in this house. The only Hulk is Mark Ruffalo. I, I think I still stand by this statement. I don't think any of the Marvel films have been bad. There are one or two that certainly get close. Yeah. Uh, but they're kind of like at the bottom of mediocre. And that's where like with with Incredible Hulk, I don't know if I have any like outwardly bad thoughts about it, but it is so mediocre that I forget about it every time the credits. Like when the credits roll and I'm done with it, I I forget everything that happened in that movie. I just yeah. feel like I I don't know. I think it was we tried to set up, but it failed. Like it was almost like one of those DC movies like, oh, yeah, we tried. But oh, wait, OK, we're just going to forget that this even happened. The worst part of it was uh, the Hulk design. I yeah. hated it. It is so atrocious. Uh, I don't know who thought that was a good idea. Uh, and I really don't much care for the abomination either. I know some people do. And I can see that more than I can see the Hulk because the Hulk looked miserable. Yeah. Uh, I do wonder when he shows up again, I don't. I wonder if he'll get a more comic accurate uh, look. I don't even know if that's possible because they do like to keep their continuity. But I guess they did change Hulk's design. So anything's possible. Right. Well, I just... I think Mark Ruffalo honestly did a does a better job at the, as the Hulk, but that's just my opinion. I always like Mark Ruffalo as an actor. Uh, but once again, I think we went from Iron Man, okay, you got my attention. Hulk completely lost it. And they're like, okay, Iron Man 2. Okay, I will jump back into this pool with you if you give me Iron Man 2. Yeah. And I think that was like the draw. All right. All right, you can we'll we'll come back in and then then they dropped Thor, which was what like 2000 it was 2011. Yeah, Thor was 2011. And I, I remember watching Thor and going, "Okay, I'm listening now, Marvel. You've got my <laughs> like you've got my intention." Now, there is a lot of hindsight to this now that we're what like 10 years down the line. Um yeah. at that point, I would I definitely would say Iron Man was still above and beyond the best one they released. Very coherent, very well put together, paced, style, design, everything was on point. And then yeah, as we talked Incredible Hulk not so much. Uh Iron Man 2 still had all the same characters that were great. Um and they redid, you know, Rhodey, which at the time I was like, Meh. Now yeah. I'm like, okay, no, he's really good. Yeah. Um, and with Iron Man 2, it was so caught up, and this was a common criticism when it came out, but it was so caught up in setting up something like the Avengers uh, that it kind of stumbled a lot. And I and I agree with that, yeah. even though it has still to this date some of the coolest moments. Like it has like the Iron Man and uh, War Machine doing their little team up. Yep. Even after seeing something like Endgame, I could still watch that scene and go, that's awesome. There's also a lot of good quotes out of that movie. Like there's a lot of, like you say, a lot of good individual moments. But now that you, you say it, you're like, yeah, the plot line sucked because it was trying to set up so many other And it was all over the place and you're jumping around and it's like a weird, like quiet time. And, and, uh, and then there's like the whole main villain who the actor was great. The portrayal was fine, but not really well used in the plot. And then he finally comes into this final showdown and is beaten within 20 seconds. It's like, Guys, come on. You give you literally spent millions of dollars to design this suit and put it in action and you're going to put it there for 10 seconds like what, what are we thinking? Yeah. Do no, a little something. It was rushed and it it kind of uh it kind of reminds me now that we talked about it, it set up the WandaVision where like Agatha was at that last episode and you're like, "Okay, well, couldn't we have had some a little bit more reaction in the front?" But it it, I it was again setting up 
Yeah. Oh, we did. Oh, dude, don't get me started. There, there are actually some similarities um, that I think. Granted, overall in every aspect, I think WandaVision is better than Iron Man Two. Uh, even if it, like, even in its meddling kind of poor pace, I think yeah. a lot of people are in love with WandaVision. Um, and before WandaVision, it was my most anticipated project, uh, the MCU, because I love Wanda. I love Vision. Yeah. Uh, at the end of the day, once it was done, I think it was kind of it was. It was not paced well. Um, it had a slow start. I know a lot of people were like, oh, slow start, it's fine. It's like, yeah, no, I know. Slow start with like no context to its mystery. All of that works. You, However, you need something else for the audience to connect to, and they didn't have any of that. So like character work is my go-to. Okay. You, maybe if you just had character work that people can grasp onto, but like you get none of that until like the very end of episode three, and then you start to get a little bit of it. And then episode five is when you actually, I guess episode four, you get character stuff for other characters, but not for Wanda and Vision. And so you have that three episodes that's setting up this premise, but doing it very slowly. Uh, And especially for people that don't really have a a vested interest in the MCU. And then maybe just kind of going with the flow or just tuning in. It's like, well, you're not going to, you're not going to, you're not, because they're going to see this and go, what am I watching? Why am I watching this? Yeah. Uh, And that, again, that mystery works, but there's nothing else for them to chew on. So then they go. I don't. And then yeah. they just walk out the door, and which they a- would then miss all the amazing stuff. So, like episode five, and I know we have jumped way. We'll go back. To no, 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 no. This is great <laughs> because no, it proves the point of Iron Man once again. You you were trying. WandaVision and Iron Man 2 are both trying to set up the MCU for future stuff. And I yeah. and I understand that aspect, but was it a good use of doing that? No, because my number one argument with WandaVision, and this is just as a parent, being a parent, I don't have time to sit and binge watch everything. And you know what I'm trying to say? If I'm going to watch something, I want it to be good. I don't want my time wasted. And when I finally got around to watching WandaVision, I think it was like episode four was out five maybe maybe if it was out right i binge watched those first four episodes in one night and i literally rolled over to andy and i was like you've got to be fucking kidding me you wasted my time those first three episodes uh, you could have given me episode what was it three or four that rewinded four everything when they, yeah, when they and i would have been fine you, which i, I didn't even had that. problems with because like i'm happy we were finally getting answers in context which kind of addressed a lot of the concerns at the same yeah. time these episodes are relatively short so those 20 25 minutes was literally all expo- or exposition, explanation, all of that, which then led to kind of wooden performances because they're just spouting answers to us, um, yeah. not leaving much room for personality, character, no. all of that. Yeah, and um, I felt, like I said, once again, you were rushing to once Agatha was, you know, the character, you know, we spent all this time with Agatha meddling in here and you give her two episodes and then we're done with that villain. Move on next, you know. She's alive, though. I know, so I know. We will get her somewhere else, but you know what I'm trying granted, to say. I guess we should probably spoiler for anyone. Yeah, spoiler <laughs> alert, you guys. Yeah. Get your shit together at this um, point. Um, but episode, so episode five, um, what was amazing, and at the towards the end was one of my favorite Marvel moments uh, in a while. And you know, Avengers stuff aside, because obviously that's all amazing and great. Yeah. Um, but just that last scene where it, it perfectly uses its concept where vision's figuring stuff out. And then he starts like you, you see vision in a way that you've never seen him caught up in emotion and just angry. And so like, I'm watching this and I legit feel shocked and I'm just like, 
like what's what's happening yeah. and then they perfectly use their their whole shtick where wanda tries to throw the credits at him and he's not having it and so then when he bursts through the door and the episode's still going you're just kind of like you're you're kind of wowed and then you know that emotion just keeps going stronger and stronger and then it's just a really really great moment and ending and i think it's easily one of my favorite bits of that show and then i also really enjoyed eight as well which is kind of like the memory lane episode yeah because it got a lot of really good character work for wanda and it was all very well done I feel like those last two episodes were very MCU while the rest of the whole series was not very MCU. Does, do you know what I'm trying to say? Like it didn't I do. And this is like a fine line because a lot of people, are, that's what they liked about it. And I, I, I do want to clarify that that's certainly not why I didn't like it. Uh, I'm all for switching up and making it less MCU. Like I don't necessarily care about that. I care about it being good. Um, and I just think that while super unique, um, there were just flaws in how it was addressed. I think there was some weird stuff happening behind the scenes. Uh, I was very thrown off after the whole show was aired. There was a quote or an interview with the showrunner. Uh, and, she, you know, she talked about the, you know, the Mephisto fan theories. Yeah, yeah. And she goes, you know, I didn't even know who Mephisto was until the interviews started. And I was shocked because if you Google Billy and Tommy... Yeah, Mephisto that's what it comes like up. The first thing that comes up. So, did this woman not do any research for the show that she was doing? Did she just get two names handed to her by Kevin Feige, and he was like, "These are their children. Go." Like, or I, is she I playing us know. all stupid? I I hope. I really hope that that's the case because literally, if you made a show about Vision and we're like Ultron, who? Yeah, like that's how. Like, I know generally, you know, audience would be like, "Oh, but I don't know who Mephisto is." Like, that's not the yeah. point. The point is, if you're using these characters, you should know their how they came into existence. Which yeah. Mephisto is all over. You know, that's how they were created. They're literally yeah. fragments of Mephisto's soul. So, I mean, that clearly doesn't seem to be the way the MCU is doing it. But if you're going to use these characters, do a Google search yeah. at the very least. Uh, and so well, that just kind of painted the show in a weird light for me. Uh, and especially in hindsight, I just always think about that. So I'm like... Like, did they get lucky? Did the things that work in this show just simply just they got lucky because, well, I mean, they have the actors. They have Kevin Feige. There, there is talent behind it. There is. But I think now we, you know, we talk about the plan and, you know, how MCU, you know, has been really, you know, they talk about phases. We've got phase one, phase two, phase three, um, all these different things and how they've planned out all these moments and all these Easter eggs and all these different movies. And I think now we've just gotten to the point where we are so deep into the Marvel universe that they probably are now going on one plan that they didn't even think about all these other side plans or other things to bring up because the only people who know that level of knowledge are the Marvel comic God geeks who have literally read all the comics and grew up, you know what I'm trying to say? Kevin and those... is that God apparently. He knows yeah. everything. <laughs> but you know what I'm trying to say? Not everybody knows everything. We all know this, you know, we're not going to remember everything. And so yeah. that's why I say it's, 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 fans like us and other people out there who are bringing up these points of, Hey, by the way, did you think about this or is this the way it goes? Or but just, to, I mean, just to once again, say like, I do think it's like just the fact that she didn't know who Mephisto was. It's like, well, don't you, I, I, I mm -hmm. it's just one of those things that I don't know how you could ever miss it. It's huh? like, if you, again, like another example, you made a Spider-Man film. You didn't know who uncle Ben was. Yeah. Like, how do you gonna just, I don't see how it's possible. It, 
I mean, granted, yeah, she could be playing dumb because they might have plans for Mephisto. There's a lot of excuses here. Yeah. And maybe she said that and then realized, oh, crap, that makes me look really bad. But there's nothing yeah. she can do about it. No. Yeah. <laughs> it's yeah. already said it's out there. You can't turn back because you said it for a reason. Well, and that's, you know, this brings up another point of, you know, how tight-lipped Marvel is. Marvel is you can't, you know, like the NDAs on these people are ridiculous. And so, you know, a lot of these actors were told they couldn't, you know, you can't talk about your upcoming projects. You can't. I mean, we look at Henry Cavill couldn't shave off his mustache to come back to do, you know. That was the whole thing. You you know, I'm trying to say a lot of these people have the contracts are very, you know, long winded. There's, you know, sequels involved. I mean, it gets crazy. So I can only imagine how anybody who works for Marvel has to seriously sit on their hands and bite their tongue talking. Um, you know, Dr. Strange, uh, Benedict Cumberbatch was just on an interview uh, for a panel and he goes, you guys, I'm here, but you can't see my face. And the whole entire time on the panel, the camera's at the ceiling. He goes, I am in Dr. Strange's new look and Marvel yeah, doesn't say, want think, you to see it. I it. think he was in his trailer or whatnot. Yeah, yeah. So he probably had like a beat up. I don't know. He probably had something that he just couldn't show. So that makes yeah. sense. Yeah. I, when I recently read that, I was like, oh, is he in his home and he can't show? Like, what? He's not going to be that drastically different. But yeah. he's in his trailer. So, okay. It's like, oh, that makes sense. Yeah. I think it was something like new. Uh, they're taught. I, when I read the report, it was more something along the lines of maybe new costume or new facial, you know, facial hair or, you know, something along the those lines there are, there are definitely um a lot of rumors about new costumes uh and there if one were to do a google search there are reports on uh various leaks that have happened so i'll yeah. leave that for you guys to go google search uh yeah. if you want to you'll you'll see the answer eventually yeah well and we got you know i was just on we are the watchers podcast a couple of weeks ago and they're talking about how their thor's filming out in australia because it's one of the few places that can film right now um which kind of brings us back into where we were you know when thor was released i think thor was at a different tone than iron man because i thought while thor wasn't like you know like oh my god the greatest film i thought the way it was done was beautiful it was very dark it was it was different than the you know million dollar you know it was Malibu solid. life. Uh, it was definitely it was solid. Uh, you know more memorable than Incredible Hulk. Uh, more yeah. quality. <laughs> uh, Chris Hemsworth was great. Uh, I think there was something a little off, but I really I think a lot of it was Marvel finding their footing. Mm-hmm. Um, you know Darcy wasn't great. Uh, I know she's back in WandaVision, and now people are like she's the best, and I don't know where that came from because Darcy actually was so everyone unrated. hated. But everyone at the time these Thor films came out, everyone hated Darcy. I don't really know where all the love came from. Uh, and I don't really, I don't hate her. I certainly don't hate the actress. Uh, I just don't think she really worked well in the first two Thor movies. Every time she would make a joke or come on screen, I'm like, why are you even here? Um, they need and- a comedic relief in this. So they used her and she became, but the most unutilized. You know, like she has a better place in WandaVision, that's for sure. Oh, hell yeah. But, but here's the thing if we hadn't had her in those other movies, I don't think she would have done as well in WandaVision, like her her place, and it wouldn't have mattered. But Um, I think both of those things can be true. I think you know, it didn't really work well in the first two Thor movies, but at the same time, it exists. She was in it, people know who she is, so now they can take that and go, Oh, well, here she is again in a better place. Uh, And I also don't think Jane Foster was too great. Uh, in either of the movies, um, which is like when it, when it, she was announced she was coming back as uh, 
I don't know, female Thor. Thor. Yeah, yeah. Which, it's... for the record, that's a pet peeve of mine is I hate that, because I know this happens in the comics too, I hate that she gets the title Thor because Thor is not a mantle. It is literally his name. Name, yeah. Uh, and that was an issue too when the comic was coming out. It's just like, why is she named Thor? His <laughs> literal name is Thor. It's not like every new Spider-Man is Peter. Uh, like, yeah. this is not a mantle. Like, it, yeah. just call her Jane. A god of thunder goddess like, of thunder now right come on yeah, like, let's get let's get this and right. i know they're gonna do that anyway so uh and it'll be annoying <laughs> but it was you know we had thor so now we had this god of thunder who was in play we had our million dollar iron man playboy who goes on the next one who came in line was captain america and i think captain america was the one that sold me between captain america and avengers i my money was on marvel like i was like my my soul had I, been sold I do love, so I love the first Captain America. I know there's some people that don't much care for it, which is weird to me because it's my favorite phase one film apart from Avengers. Looking back on it, the only kind of weakness I could find is that uh, the fight sequences are clearly nothing against why when the Russo brothers came in and were like, here's how you do it. Yeah. Um, especially watching them like back to back. It's like, ooh, okay. Uh, but the character work in the first Avengers is really good and the music and like just all of that is is near flawless uh, and it also set up me really connecting with him and he he became one of my favorite characters of the MCU who's sadly no longer here maybe one I, day I well I think Captain America was what really set up the MCU for me like I think seeing that movie was finally like the click in my head of like oh these are all connected like Like we're going to have like, I think that's when I started seeing the universe start to come together and how they were going to have all these different, you know, that's when I got diving into Easter eggs and stuff like that. I really like you say, the character development in Captain America was the best. It really did set everything up. And then you had Avengers and it was like, oh, my gosh, okay, I want to belong to this universe. It was really the first. I mean, we didn't even have, like, there was no Justice League. There was no, you know, like, there was no other thing. What other team superhero movie do we have? I mean, Avengers was the first. It was the first of anything ever attempted like that. The first culmination of different franchises. uh, Because, you know, each character is is considered a different franchise. uh, And so then to culminate in, like, this new franchise is kind of, it was an unheard of thing. Uh, You know, it's like, can you do that? Is that possible? Uh, Clearly, clearly it is. Granted, again, Marvel's in a very unique situation that no other studio is in where they have their own studio and Marvel Studios literally only makes Marvel things. Like, that's all they can make. Yeah, because that's all they own. They they could do whatever they wanted. But, like, their purpose is to make Marvel things. So that's, it's just like DC is, there is no DC, like, studios. It's just Warner Brothers that holds the DC properties, which is different because Warner Brothers also is responsible for a lot of other franchises and films and it's different than because that's all one. Whereas, like you know, Disney owns Marvel, yeah, but they are two separate separate entities. things. Yeah, so there's Marvel Studios, and yeah, Disney oversees and gives more money and gives approvals. But uh, you still have Kevin Feige and Marvel Studios doing their own thing and going, "Hey, this is what we want to do," as opposed to, "Oh, you want us to do this?" Yeah, like I don't really think there are many mandates coming from Disney. They just, I mean, they do have to approve things, but like yeah. they, it's pretty much all in Kevin Feige's hands, who is yeah. you know the mastermind behind all this. 
And it's interesting that you bring up, you know, Disney owns Marvel and everything, because a lot of people get confused when you talk about Marvel comics, because there's so many different, you know, franchises and different superheroes within the Marvel comics. And a lot of people don't realize it's not all owned by Marvel. (laughs) Yes and no. Yeah, exactly. At one point in time, this was true. It was a very complicated landscape. In like two or three years, I mean, granted, now it's less so, but in oh, two yeah, or three no. years, you'll know that it's less complicated uh, because everything that you see Marvel, at least 9.9 times out of 10, I think there's maybe one or two characters that are kind of limbo and or mm-hmm. just in a weird situation. So it was, yeah, Fox owned. X-Men uh, and X-Men, Deadpool. X-Men, Fantastic Four, uh, Deadpool, and a whole host of like, I mean, like, an unbelievable amount of characters that, you know, we've never seen in films. Like literally I would go as far to say like 60 to 75% of Marvel's roster of characters were so closely tied to those properties that Marvel studios couldn't touch them. Um, And so while they had a lot of that last 25%, uh, you still, there were so many things that they couldn't touch, which now they can touch as of, I forget the year it happened, 2017. Uh, We actually just got our first MCU Fox connection in the movies or yeah. in the in the universe with um minor spoilers uh in episode three of falcon and the lunar soldier they go to a city called madripoor which is very x-men centric uh, yeah. and it's actually where uh, wolverine lived for a while and there's even a reference to where he worked yeah uh, no reference to him as a character because uh, obviously they're not ready for that but just the fact that that city is there is a a sign that like okay well we're finally getting these connections now yeah, because for a while there, you know, like Marvel couldn't even use the word mutant because, yeah, like, could, you, could. you, that's why they mutant. said at the end of Age of Ultron, they were like miracles. That was their, yeah, they couldn't use that word because, uh, you know, uh, technically Fox owned it. And then you had the whole Sony aspect of owning Spider Man there for a while. And then Netflix had its own, you know, there were so many little pieces. But like you said, over the last, you know, now with um, Disney acquiring Marvel and, you know, we have Disney Plus. Basically, Marvel's like, nope, it's all mine now. It's well, back see, to being was, us. <laughs> the Netflix stuff was what uh, it was a even more interesting situation because it wasn't that Marvel Studios didn't have those properties. They did. That was all Marvel Studios stuff. Um, they just didn't feel like using those characters yet and or had plans for any of them. And so the like, Marvel Entertainment, which I guess is more so about like comics, I don't really know a lot of logistics, but is outside Marvel Studios, but still under that kind of Branch, the same yeah. yeah, copyright, trademark, all that. And so Marvel, the Marvel Entertainment was like, hey, we want to use characters and do television stuff as well. And and this is where it got complicated, where Kevin Feige was just like, I ah, fine, but they still had to report to Kevin Feige and go, hey, can we use these things? Uh, and yeah. Kevin Feige would go, yes or no. Um, and if you were to have followed this throughout the years as it happened, you would know that this relationship was not a good one. Uh, no. They didn't much care for each other. Uh, and it was just kind of like, well, this is happening. There's not much I can do about it. Um yeah, and they didn't really communicate. So, yeah, when these shows came out, so this is stuff like um, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., yep. uh, all the Netflix stuff, Daredevil, Luke Cage. All, Defenders, Fish, that whole set. Uh, then Hulu's Runaways and uh, Cloak and Dagger, which isn't yep. Hulu. That one's um, ABC Family or was. Yeah. All of those were advertised by Marvel Entertainment yeah. as within the MCU. Um, and they were like, it's all connected and 
but it was all one-sided. Um, so the movies never, and we're never going to address the shows yeah. ever. So not, the crossover from TV to movies was never going to happen because Kevin Feige didn't want it. Yeah. Um, because he, he had his own plan. He was doing his own things. He didn't want to have to worry about all these other things that he didn't have really much control besides just that yes or no, you can do that. And, and, but then on the, on the shows, they were just like, well, they're never going to acknowledge us, but we're going to do our best to make like, it seem like we're important. Um, and yeah. you'll have things like in Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., technically, Coulson yeah. and crew, they are responsible for bringing the helicarrier to Sokovia. And because yeah. it's never addressed, explained, or mentioned in the movies, there's this blank spot that the show was like, oh, we'll fill that. Yeah. Uh, but the movies never acknowledge that that's true or not. Uh, but because there is no acknowledgement, you go, okay, well, this, I guess, I guess this is true. That works. Yeah. If it's, <laughs> uh, and there was no contradiction, uh, which is kind of what kept it going. However, you know, once there was a bigger, ch- I, I forget when exactly it happened, but that Marvel Studios within a year or two, it was with the Disney plus when they, when Disney yeah. was finally like, Hey, we're having this streaming service. We want you as one of our main, as uh, main aspects. And then, so this gave Kevin Feige, a real opportunity to go into streaming and television. Yep. Uh, and this is when all of the shows on the other side were systematically canceled. Um, yeah. I think it was Defenders was like, Defenders came out, but they already had Punisher, the final season of Punisher done. So they're yeah. like, okay, you can finish Defenders and you can have Punisher, but you're done after this. And then I think they already had Jessica Jones and Daredevil in process. So they had to finish those respective seasons, but like they were canceled. There was no more. And this is all because what Marvel was doing their own thing and they didn't, they didn't want to spread out anymore. They wanted it as condensed as possible, but I'm sorry to say a lot of people still, a lot, a lot of people still are go, Oh, these are definitely canon. They said they're canon. You know, it's like, I know they say that and I don't know if they'll ever directly, they probably will at some point directly yeah. say whether they are or are not canon, but they aren't uh, because that has to, and I feel, I don't know how people haven't connected it yet because if you look at even just like WandaVision, the importance on both sides, like the movies connect to that, the show connects to the movies, especially Falcon and the Winter Soldier. Like they're important to each other. It's not yeah. one-sided. Uh, that's how it's meant to be connected and how you know it matters and is a thing. And like even in, in WandaVision, we had our first true contradiction, even though the last like season or two of Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. are a true mess in terms of continuity. Yeah. So we could consider that one as well. But uh, in WandaVision, the dark holds a thing, which is very different. And at a different place, looks different, works differently than the one that featured in Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., um, yeah. which was in the best season of Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., which is still incredible. It is a fantastic yeah. season of television. However, it is not canon. But it's a fun, like, Elseworld, like, okay, yeah. it's just in a different universe. It's like, it's fine. It can still People can still enjoy these things and love these tales, but, like, they're not canon to what's currently happening in the MCU. I think for the time, I think, you know, now looking back and, you know, as we're sitting here talking about it, I think the purpose was completely different for those series. When those series were created, those series were supposed to hold us over in between all the different movies and to keep us invested in the MCU. You know what I'm trying to say? Whether or not it was, you know, attached to it. The fact that we were sitting, spinning our our wheels, going on Google, going Marvel Easter eggs in freaking everything it's, it's, was only raising like Marvel, like keep on going. I think it's funny just thinking back and like when we're watching Daredevil or Jessica Jones for the first time, just this the slight mention of the incident in New York City yeah. was exciting. Look at WandaVision. Every fucking minute is like connects to the movies. There's it's all Easter these different egg, references. Yeah. We go back and forth. It's just like 
that's what that that was meant to be. Uh, and Marvel Entertainment just couldn't do that, and yeah. so they could only do the bare minimum. And that's so that's what they did. Granted, yeah. I mean, yeah. And so there was a lot of not connectedness, even though that's what they said. Um, yeah. And I'm actually very thankful for that because I'm happy that the Inhuman show is not within our oh, community. That- that was a piece of shit. I had so much high hopes for that. Like cool. I was like, "Cool, I love the dog. I just want but, like we had all the fuck." No, it fucking was shit. It was it's so, so shit. sad because not only is it terrible, it was the type of terrible that ruins an IP. Uh, that uh, that IP is not going to be touched for a long time. I, I can't imagine we'll see any of those characters anytime soon because that show is such a stain on the name and in Marvel and. Yeah. They're not going to want to touch it. Uh, and, and really, that whole thing was a very – it's a good example of that bad relationship that Marvel Entertainment had with, like, Kevin Feige and, like, uh, some Ike Perlmutter, who if you Google and know anything about is not a great person. Uh, he was he was in charge of Marvel Entertainment, uh, and him and Kevin Feige did not get along. No. Um, and if rumor had it – or if rumor is true – uh, when when they had that big phase three announcement and the Inhumans yeah. movie was there, uh, that inclusion was a requirement by Ike Perlmutter. Um, and just to confirm again, none of this has been said by it's Tim. Me, yeah. it, it, never, it never will be. So it's really up to how many times it comes up in rumors so we can – maybe this is true. Yeah. Uh, but rumor has it that that had to be included so that Kevin Feige could, you know, do like Black Panther and Captain Marvel. Um and so he put it out there in the presentation. Um, and then if you'll take note, there Marvel Studios had like has never canceled something they've announced. Yeah. Inhumans is the one thing that has been canceled by Marvel Studios and swapped over to Marvel Entertainment TV, in which then it was rushed to a TV because and that happened when that separation kind of occurred, where it was the first start of that because Kevin Feige then no longer had to report to Ike Promoter. He reported to Bob Iger at Disney. So yeah. therefore a lot of these weird restrictions and kind of like just tugging it's just like, yeah, he can do whatever he wants now. Yeah. Uh, and so he was like, I don't really want to do it in humans. So he tossed it to the side and Ike was like, but I do. And so he rushed a show into IMAX and then it sucked. That one was really bad. The only, I mean, I loved the Netflix series. I thought the Netflix series were done really, really well. It really Except kept my attention. Iron, yeah, I had a problem with Iron Fist. I had a problem with Iron Fist and the Defenders. I thought the Defenders was shit too, um, and I thought it was a really shitty way to use Sigourney Weaver. Like you could have used her. Like I forgot installed. she was in that. That's, how, you, that's how unforget. Or that's how forgettable she is. She's certainly not unforgettable. She's no, but I love her in so many movies. But yeah, that oh, I Jessica Jones and Daredevil got me hooked. But the one TV show that I will die on a hill for, Agent Carter. I feel like it didn't give uh, get enough props for what it was. Haley Atwell is a goddess She's as an great. actor. And um. And this is actually a funny situation because we're talking about, you know, connectedness. Yeah. So Agents, Agent Carter was great. It was also the Russo brothers were involved with it. Yeah. They wrote like the, I can't remember if they wrote, I think they just directed like the first two or three episodes, yeah. something like that. They liked it. They liked the writers involved. Uh, and this is where fans are, would go like, oh, but it is connected. Like he showed up in, in Endgame, which is yeah. fun that that's the one connection that happened. Yeah. Granted, it really isn't a connection uh, because yeah, the actor shows up, but there's no, you know, real connection that this is the same one that, you know, went through this show. Like it is the same actor in yeah. the same role. No. 
but it's still so loose. Like it's fun for us that have watched the show, but like there's there's no actual connection there. Kind of how like uh, Pietro showed up on uh, Wandavision. We're like, oh my god, it's <laughs> from X Men, which was a very real possibility because of all the multiverse stuff. Which, yeah, right. Again, by the end of Wandavision, I'm like, well, there's not really any multiverse stuff happening. Like I'm sure come Doctor Strange, they'll be like, all this stuff was multiverse. I'm like. You could have done a little bit more in WandaVision. Now that we really think about it, Avengers was the launching pad for all of these films. Like once we had an equation of, okay, solo film, solo film, solo film, sequel, 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 solo film, boom, all together. And then it was like the same thing over and over again. Because we got to Avengers and it once again, I'm sold. That's what got us into Funko. I bought Andy of the Avengers original set. Like that was his first desk pops that I got for him when he started his job. How's that Loki doing for you? Uh, he's sitting pretty right now. <laughs> I love that Loki. Damn. That was. I love cool. like that. What? Three grand. I don't know how much it is right now. Andy reported this morning because every Saturday is Funko. He tells me the Funko news of the day or the week. And uh, I think he jumped like $150 more this week. Uh, but wait till that Loki show, dude. The Wanda pops because I have like two or three that I had to sell. They jumped because of Wandavision. Like just these common nothing pops are just fucking went up. And I'm like, why? I bet okay, but why? Watching all the different series go through and watching different pops that literally were zero, you know, like. 10 bucks couldn't get rid of them to now they're like over two three hundred dollars yeah, just like because one serious like five dollars in a closing sale it's like oh thanks and then now it's 200 it's like great this is good this is good for me yeah yeah the loki and the original avengers are one of those ones but those are the ones that hold sentimental value to us because like i said those were i mean back when we first when we had moved out of my parents house out of college those were like the first ones we had on our shelves in our apartment you know like oh our babies you know like that's the start of our collection uh but like I said, Avengers was really the start of that. I mean, we got a badass villain with Loki, which I was sold with Loki. You could have he's given great. me. He's one of my favorite villains, but I think bringing I mean, all no of those characters. No, 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 no. But <laughs> I, I think he was a great step. You know what I'm trying to say? Yeah. Each phase was a step up in baddies. And I think Loki was that great one to start us out with because he wasn't truly like evil bad. He was just misguided and misunderstood and, you know, just like, okay, we ended up liking him a few I mean, phases later. I when you're later. the uh, god of tricks or trickster, what is his? Uh, god the of trickster mischief. God? Okay, yep. yeah. God of mischief. Now I look like an idiot. Uh, the god uh, of mischief. Because god. I'm thinking, Because I think in Norse mythology, he's, he's got a trickster. very proper. Yeah, he's yeah. okay. That's what I'm, I was referring to. Um, but yeah, like, it's a weird character to have to play with because being a god of, you know, that kind of innately always have to have him do sort of evil things or mess with things. But then how do you explain someone doing that besides just like, Oh, that's the God of what he does, I guess. Uh, And I think they've, they've done that pretty well. Um, What I I can definitely see some people, I I think I've heard it a few times, just like, he's just so back and forth. And I think that is part of his character. Uh, It's, and it's kind of hard to nail down, but I think they've done a pretty good job of it. I actually am a really big fan of, um, in Infinity War. He's only in it for like, what, 20, 30 seconds? seconds? And a lot yeah. of people hate that. Like, I hate the strong word. I just didn't like care for it. I absolutely love that scene because it perfectly rounds out his entire character arc and story within the matter of like three lines. Uh, and it's so well done. That I was just kind of like, holy shit, you guys just killed off a main 
character really quickly, but also gave him a perfect ending. Um, and, you know, we don't even get to lose Loki. We get a whole new one, and we get a whole right? different branch and different story. And but so, yeah, like, I, it's great. That set off the tone of not only that movie, but you're right. It completed his character arc. But I think you're right. Loki's character is hard to nail down if he's a bad guy or a good guy. And I think it really comes down to Tom Hiddleston's acting. I mean, he plays it. Which side are you going to play? Are you are you mischief or are you going to be nice to, you know, like I I think it's really his acting. He does such a good job for being Loki. He was meant to be Loki. Best part of Avengers are the Avengers themselves. Uh, you have that iconic circle shot, which will never be forgotten. Oh my gosh. Uh, the music, which, you know, is <gasps> well, some of my favorite. My, my, just every time that Avengers theme comes up, I'm just like, I just feel. So uh, my wedding theme, I walk down the aisle to the Avengers theme. Every time we hear that theme song, me and Andy get literal chills. Like, And he tells me every time we hear it now, like, I mean, we've been married five years now. He goes, that was the best goddamn decision we ever made. Because every movie we watch, that's Avengers. It's yeah. got that little, you know, like, <laughs> we always get it. I love that soundtrack, but there is one better but it incorporates that and it's portals. Uh, I, it is one of my favorite like movie soundtrack bits ever. Like I, it's so perfect in every way. And if I were to ever have a song for my wedding, that would be the one. Cause you could also orchestrate things to it. Like, you know, like groomsmen coming out to certain like cues and like portals opening up. Mine was Thor was all our bridesmaids and groomsmen. And then I, my walkthrough was the Avengers March and, um, oh my God. Yeah. Well, here's the other thing. So we watched Endgame. I was pregnant with Marvel and, uh, our wedding was till the end of the line. That was like the invitations, everything, you know, I, Andy always told me I'm with you till the end of the line. We got married. It was whatever it takes, you know, after it was, well, whatever yeah. it takes, you know, like we've always uh, been kind of Avengers people. I'm like, yeah, yeah let's fucking oh, do it. Well, what was even better is that trailer had came out and then we found out we were pregnant and I was so sick and miserable. And it was like, okay, whatever it takes to get to us to the end of the line of like having this, yeah. you know, something, what we wanted. And we saw Endgame, and our cake toppers were Steve and Peggy. We put the pops on top. That worked and out well for you. The end <laughs> of the movie, the lights come up in the house, and my face is just completely black. I'm pregnant, and Andy goes, are you okay? And I was like, that was the best movie I have ever seen in my life. That was so worth it. It was like the most satisfying. It was one of the thing. best movie theater experiences uh, in my life. Granted, so if you were to put both movies next to each other, Infinity War and Endgame, I would say though they're very close. They're like you need like a telescope to tell the difference. Uh, I would I would say Infinity War is the better movie, but Endgame was certainly one of the better like the in the like just everything like it's still an amazing experience. Uh, but like it's weird to say that because like I don't want to take anything away from Endgame. I could easily say that's the best of the two. But here's I, my problem. I didn't have to call parents and warn them about Infinity or Endgame. I had to call them and warn them about dude, Infinity War, telling them amazing. all. I'm the, not And also that in it. theaters. That that in theaters is yeah. is something else. Just the, So many crying kids. So but, many crying damn kids. See, for me, I didn't, I didn't have any crying kids. What I had was just pure silence. It was disturbing how just like everyone was like mouth open, like uh, just like – they could not believe what they were witnessing because, like, 
I mean, I feel like I can spoil it, right? It's been like yeah. No, no, you can spoil okay. it. It was just uh, I tried to not spoil it for my parents because uh, yeah. I saw it. Oh, I saw um, Infinity War when it opened that night, and all my nanny kids were going to see it that Saturday. Like a whole group of like twenty of them who are massive Marvel fans, and yeah. their parents were all like, they don't watch the movie, so they don't really know what's going on. So I texted him that night and I said. You guys, it's not going to end well. I'm not trying to spoil it for you, but tomorrow's not going to end well. The kids were out of the movie, not five minutes. I get just bombarded with texts. No, you need to tell us. You have to. They all know I run a geek website. They know mm. I run the Game of Nerds. So they're like, please tell us you have talked to Marvel and know what's happening. Mm. Spider-Man's not gone. Please, Shannon, tell me Spider-Man's like, yeah, not they, gone. Well, I was always before these movies happen. I, I, I really wanted the snap to happen. Yeah. Uh, and it's obviously such a big thing to happen. I was like, I don't know if they'll ever do it, but like, I really, I, it has to happen. Yeah. And they teased it so heavily in like the trailers where Gamora's like in a snap of it. I'm like, they did that on purpose. Like, come on, you have to do this now. And they did. And they killed off half of the, not only half of their key characters, half of the world. World, yeah. And then they went even further and were like, no, this is real. We're not just taking this back, even though they eventually, you know, everyone comes back. Yeah. But that happened for five years. So there were drastic consequences and changes that this happened. But I think it's, and it created this hugely, hugely, not a word, massively mm-hmm. complex world now. Yeah. And it's like constant, like in Falcon and the Winter Soldier, there's a lot of key plot elements that are like, that are happening because of all the blip stuff. That we wouldn't have had if the Avengers didn't open a p- portal and Loki, you know, didn't bring the Chikari down to take out New York. See? Exactly. We, <laughs> see a full circle. <laughs> well, also, what plays into Infinity War um, being my one of my favorites is I love Thanos. I think he was perfectly done and not to mention the fact that Infinity War is really more Thanos' film. Like, Thanos... Yeah. In a, in a weird way, is the hero in the fact that he gets everything like he wins. Like he wants, yeah. Every every step of the way, like usually heroes triumph, but like it's really just the whole time is the heroes trying to catch up to Thanos and failing every step just to showcase how you know powerful this this Titan yeah. is. But um, did we get we got our first look at him in the end credits of Avengers, didn't we? We did. He was at the. I mean, he didn't quite look that way. That was before they had. uh, They hadn't fully planned out their whole shtick, and you know, they obviously didn't have a design ready. They just kind of like, let's. I think we're gonna we're gonna try to do Thanos, Um, and so they threw him in there, uh, and then it eventually, you know, blossomed into this isn't next movie villain. This is like we'll get to him, but we're gonna build him up, which was a great move. I I remember some people were like, "Ah, they're gonna do Thanos for the second movie. Like that's that's really he's not." Like, he's a much bigger, like, that's quick. Yeah. You gotta do a lot of stuff for that. Uh, and, you know, we, obviously he wasn't the second movie villain, so no. they did it properly. Um, no. He definitely didn't look like he did in Avengers, and that's good. No, and I think I think we didn't know what we were setting ourselves up for. You know, if you're not that deep in the comics or anything, or you didn't even stay until the end of the movie, and you found out about it after, you're like, all right, this big purple grimace-looking dude is about to take over the universe. Is that oh, yeah, I love his line, uh, but... Uh, to court death, which is a great little nod to the comics, but they never, mm. they never actually do anything with death in the movies, mm-hmm. which I'm not against because they really did them perfectly in Infinity War. But for those that don't know, in the comics, uh, Thanos has an obsession with with death, who is yeah. uh, sonified as a very attractive female. Uh, granted, 
she's still a skeleton. Uh, yeah. But it is comics, so they, you know, they have that male gaze element to it. Um, They're trying but, to make death look inviting. Um, and I, I do love that take because it's like it's just a weird like just Thanos obsessed with death and trying to always impress, but the way they kind of switched that up and made it for these movies was really well done. Um, and so I came out of it, not really disappointed at all that we didn't get a personified death and that wasn't his, um, uh, purpose. Yeah. So I I think they did a good change up. I think we were teased, you know, Oh, he's such a bad guy and bad guy. And then his really plot, you know, his plot was laid out in those, in those two movies. And it was really, he thinks he's the good good guy. Yeah. He thinks he's doing the world a favor by doing this and that he's right. Um, and then that begs the question, as the Avenger says, who decide? you know, you're not God. You don't get to decide yeah. these things. And, you know, the best part is like he never loses even when. So it, it would be considered a loss with everyone coming back. You know, Thanos loses, but not that Thanos. He yeah. he won. Yeah, and he's like, yeah, sorry, you can't do anything about this. And he died a winner. Uh, yeah. And that's also part of like the villain. Like Thanos is amazing. But in Endgame, we don't really have that same Thanos. Um, and so the villain is not really the key aspect of Endgame, and that's fine. Um, but that's kind of what makes Infinity War kind of go just a little bit up, is that we had that proper Thanos, where in Endgame we get we get a Thanos which who still works fully, and that's because we knew Thanos and we know. And so you get a little glimpse at what he was like, but you know his character is not the key focus. But there's plenty of really fun stuff there, like at the end when he does lose, you know, I'm going to butcher this because I haven't I haven't seen him in a, in a wee bit. Okay, so Doctor Strange, right? When he yeah. sees the futures, he's he's specifically like, hey, you know, I can't, you know, this has got to play out. You know, we're in the end game. Like, yeah, this is going to happen. And there's, there's one way this works. Um, and so he doesn't tell anyone and no one knows. And they win, right? Thanos goes and he cheats. He sees the future. He sees what's going to happen. And then he, he's arrogant. He goes, well, fuck. You know, I did this wrong. I got to skip all these steps. And so he's not humbled. Like the, the one we see in Infinity War is humbled. He knows what yeah. he's doing, you know, and and all that. But the one that we see in Endgame is he's arrogant. And he's like, oh, well, that wasn't the right choice. Let's go a step further and just erase everything. And I know where all the stones are now. And so it speeds. It just shows like his arrogance as like his key flaw. Uh, and there's just a lot of mirrors, like you know, when he loses, that he has his first quote is like, you know, you know, I like, I know what it's like to lose. Your legs turn to jelly. Yeah. It's the first thing that happens is like you could see him kind of like his legs turn to jelly. He's kind of like it's hard for him to stand. Yeah, and he said like just the whole moment when he loses is flawless. I think that was the perfect way to that end that movie. Well, it goes farther. I mean, that wasn't even the end of the movie because it did go on further. But I think it was so satisfying for fans to be like, okay, we're done with Thanos. We're over. Because in movie reality, we had waiting years for this moment. That's the fun thing about the comics is that, you know, these villains, just like the heroes, they stay around. They have a lot of stories. They're they're not like a one and done. They're not a they're a constant threat. Is um and in an issue comic book movies had and still have a little bit to this point is that they kill off their villains right after one. Um, it's like, you know, like the, the Sam Raimi Spider-Man movies, they're all, they're all dead except yeah. for like one. It's just like that. That's not how these villains work. They stick around They're They're kind of a thorn in people's sides. So like yeah. 
I am fully against Thanos coming back in the picture in some way or form down the line. I definitely think it shouldn't happen right away. Um, yeah. uh, I think a good place for him to show up as like a fun thing would be Eternals, right? Because in the comics, he is, um, oh, I'm gonna, I think it's a little off, but I think he's technically a deviant. He's certainly related to that eternal race. Um, and so I think they could do some fun stuff there where he can show up in like part of the backstory and, and it, you know, in hindsight, give us some like details some as to why he was powerful. Yeah. yeah. Like, where did yeah. this come from? Thanos is one of those interesting characters because he is so spread out within the Marvel comics, you know, like he enters so many different places that you're right. He could be used anywhere down the line as they expand into these different phases. And as we learn, you know, how, you know, different, you know, like X-Men and how all these other franchises play into it. I'm going to be, I'm very interested to see how it progresses. The one thing that I don't want ever touch, and I'm going to open this can of worms. I don't want any more fucking fantastic fours. No, that's wrong. Well, it's, well, it's such you because it's already happening. I don't want. I any love more. Fantastic Four. Well, but I want a good one, which Marvel can do. Like we've had bad ones, and they are great characters. And also, that franchise is—they held some of the best villains and cosmic characters that now Marvel can use. So I'm like, great. Now we got them back. And- the first one was fine. Why do we have to? F- because well, we don't have an it. MCU one. I want I want a proper MCU one with new character or new new takes on it that are good that we can go with for like a decade. Because I mean, Fantastic Four. Can we bring back? Amazing. Can we bring back Chris Evans as the Human Torch? <laughs> I mean, there's definitely multi. There's multiverse shenanigans, uh, and also like in the comics, there's a thing called the Council of Reeds, which is Reed yeah. Richards, you know, meeting with himself from countless different multiverses. So like, you could throw in. Literally the reads from the old Fantastic Four, from even the really terrible one, as just kind of like just like a fun nod. Um, but I think there's plenty of room for an actually good Fantastic Four film, and I think with John Watts doing it, there's definitely a very real chance that it's going to be very, very good. All right. Well, we're now going to have to have a discussion about this after I see this. Like, dude, I could, I can't do a Fantastic Four. I love the Fantastic I, Four. I hated it. And it what cracks me up is the one thing that I remember so vividly every time anybody mentions Fantastic Four. Two things come in my head. First is Marcos's rant when TGON first was beginning, and they announced they were going to do a new Fantastic Four, and every media outlet was saying it was going to be the greatest thing, and every nerd on Tumblr was like fuck no, this is going to be shit. And we were the first people to go on YouTube to say, no, this is shit. I don't know what you're all smoking, but this is going to well, be it was crap. shit because of the behind the scenes stuff. Right. Uh, which, you know, led to every decision being bad, but right? it's, it's where it came from. But like now it's not coming from like that. The most recent one, it was created to keep the rights. Yeah. Like it was just like, well, fuck, we got to throw this out so we can keep these things uh, where Marvel is not, they, they want to use it because they have passion and interest in storytelling. They to want use to use it right. Yeah. Uh, which really shows in the fact that, you, you know what, they've had these characters by the time it comes out, like 2023, I don't know if yeah. it has an official date, uh, but that's likely when it is to come out around that time. It will have been what, six years Since or so. Last one, yeah. Uh, so it just shows that like, they're not just trying to throw things at the wall. They're like, okay, we, it's great that we have these characters. We really want to use them, but we want to use them right. Yeah. Um, and that also really shows with the X-Men. Like, these are these are hot characters. Not like, yeah. I mean, but like hot items in terms of IP. A lot of attention, a lot yeah. of money waiting. Marvel's still sitting on these guys. Like, yeah. uh, the way things are working out currently, we might not see a, a, a mutant in the MCU until like 
2025, at least yeah. movie-wise. Maybe one or two might pop up, but again, no. it, who knows how they're handling mutants because it's a weird situation. But like, yeah. that's a long time to go without any X-Men when you, like yeah. they have this entire world that they're just like, okay, we're going to take our time still. We're going to let everything fade, which a lot of companies would not show that restraint. No. They'd be like, well, okay, we got to get these guys involved immediately. But Kevin's like, or Kevin Feige, we don't know each other. We, Yeah. No, <laughs> but here's the thing. You could also, you don't know if they're sitting here trying to convince Hugh Jackman and everybody else to come back because, you know, they've built, you know what I'm trying to say? Like, I, as fans, we've built a relationship with them. And that's the one thing that pisses me off about the DC universe. Stop freaking casting multiple people for the same character. I can't keep up with this shit. I can't keep track of it. I don't want a single X-Men to be the same actor. I start fresh. We I want new takes, but keep in mind we have the multiverse. Yeah, so no. It's not but- like it's not like these people can't show up as like fun like little stories, but like I want because none of the the Fox X-Men movies are known for their their uh, you know, trueness to the comics. Makes yeah. Uh and you They're know, I want I want X-Men in that world that is accurate. Yeah. To the X-Men and the, and the books. Uh, and so that's that's what I want to get. I want to get an authentic take on these guys where the Fox didn't have that. And, like, they had some wins. Like, Hugh Jackman's great. Yeah. Um, and obviously Deadpool. But Deadpool didn't win because of Fox. It won because of no. Ryan Reynolds. Yeah. Uh, who still had some losses because of limitations set on him by Fox. And yeah. so now at Marvel, it's like I, I have no idea what's going to happen because Marvel – I would hope granted i know there's some weird things that i'm sure marvel's like i don't know how to deal with this like yeah. the r-rated rated, yeah a lot of things that deadpool does they're like i yeah i don't know how to handle this but i would assume that marvel's working well with ryan reynolds and like look you could do most of probably what you want to do but just yeah you know they work well, it out once again when you're owned by disney and the mouse as i said on an episode of with marie everybody is mickey mouse's bitch um <laughs> you know you gotta listen to who's paying the bills yeah. um and it may you know we always talk about sometimes maybe some franchises should stay with the label that they are you know um because they can actually do and get away with that shit do you really think that a deadpool movie made by disney and marvel would have gone to the level that fox had you know when i say it they, if i no. were to be completely honest if kevin feige was involved i think there's always a good chance it's not like kevin feige has, hasn't made mistakes i mean oh, he no, was no, obviously no, no. responsible for thor the dark like there's a lot of yeah, yeah no one's perfect it's also a huge machine with a lot of pieces so things are going to fall through things aren't going to be like i mean wandavision is, is fine. There's really great moments, but I think there's some problems. So yeah. things happen even now after Endgame. Uh, but with him involved, I think there's always a chance. However, we really lucked out with Ryan Reynolds' random extreme passion <laughs> for the character, uh, which really worked. Um, yeah. And I think, yeah, that was, and, it, and it's great. If there was anyone that were to stay as a character from the Fox universe, that's the one that I'd pick. Yeah. Even, like, I guess the second pick would be Hugh Jackman. Yeah. But, like, Ryan Reynolds is miles above Hugh Jackman's Wolverine to me. And Um, I think that's the beauty of the MCU is that they've made an attachment with these characters. Like, we are, you know, it's one thing when, you know, yeah, we can separate the fact that Deadpool and Ryan Reynolds are two different things. But now we have synonymously, you know, Hugh Jackman is Wolverine. That's who we know as Wolverine. Um, We know as Deadpool. And they have made these characters them. It's the same thing as Tom Hiddleston is Loki. 
he is Loki because of his acting. He is Wolverine, you know, Hugh Jackman is Wolverine because he's acted and we believe that he is Probably Wolverine. why they're giving it a lot of time because they are going to cast a new Wolverine. So they, yeah. want, they want some space. They're like, a new Wolverine already? And it's like, oh, well, it's been like a decade. So <laughs> yeah. Um, it's it's been some time. Yeah, that's fun with like Deadpool in that like he's also you don't even need multiverse shenanigans. He's kind of he's fourth wall breaking, and literally you could do an entirely new origin story, but still have the same personality, and he'll still crack jokes about his former life. Like it's you could do whatever you want because of just that type of character. I feel like Deadpool needs to become the new Stanley cameo in all MCU movies. That would be fun, but I want full costume. No, oh no, I would want him to be a, but I want, like, instead of us looking for Stan Lee, we just need to be looking for Deadpool, you know, references. It needs to be, it needs to be more Where's Waldo, so I don't want, like, a cutaway to, like, Stan, like what Stan Lee had, where he's just, like, a cutaway to him who's obviously delivering lines. I want, like, a, just a regular shot of stuff happening in the movie, and you just see Deadpool, like, waving in the back. Or, like, having some fight crossing the street, or, I don't know, something, like, weird yeah. and zany in, like, the very background of shots. And no. obviously, not in any super serious moment in the movie, but just something simple. And I All think right. that would be fun. All right, Kevin, if you're listening, get Deadpool exactly. on these MCU cameos because we're missing Stan Lee, who, uh, man, I miss him uh, dearly. But I'm so glad to at least see that the MCU is in good hands and that, uh, you know, I am so excited for everything that comes out. Like I said, I love freaking talking to you about this. You, <laughs> I literally could talk days upon days about Marvel and Funko with you. Um you just you always give me something new to think about and uh as i like to say you actually know what the hell you're talking about a lot of people are like yeah i just like it i'm like okay that's an opinion thank you people can you, don't can you give think, me some facts yeah well and also like when i'm criticizing things you're like you know oh this guy, people don't seem to realize that you can also enjoy something that has flaws so yeah. like when i go oh yeah i don't really think this worked in that film and someone will go i mean i still i still really liked it. it's like well i mean i did too but like i just don't think this part worked very well yeah like, and as both, people both who do media as yeah. people who do media that's how our brains work we're critical of certain areas yeah, like I mean, yeah like, I, I see reviews, the flaws so out like, of it but it's good yeah people are like oh you're so critical it's like i mean i can i that, one of the biggest things that i get is like oh, why do you look so heavily into stuff just enjoy it i'm like I do, and because I look into these things, I enjoy it more than probably one that doesn't because, like, I find the the things that I find to be much better. Therefore, I get much more enjoyment than simply like, oh, this is, this is good. I enjoy this. I go, yeah. I love this because yeah. of these reasons, and I know why I love it. Oh, so. Russ, <laughs> I love you. How can – well, we all, we know we can find you on the Game of Nerds, but where can else can our fans stalk you and catch up with you? You can find me on Twitter at Russ Milheim. Uh, I'm sure that my name will be spelled out on this listing. Yes, it's all in the um, show notes. And uh, I'm also at The Direct, another website, uh, up-to-date Marvel, DC, Star Wars news, all of the above. Uh, you can find them on Twitter at The Direct. You'll see articles for me pop up. Uh, so I jump in between sites. I'm a double agent. You are you, but you you kick ass, dude. You kick <laughs> ass and you. take you names. No, I love seeing you write so much. I love seeing your name pop up everywhere. Um, you just, uh, dude, I want to live your life. Can I live vicariously <laughs> through you? Like you get you get to do all the Here, fun stuff. You can yeah. take all the stress. <laughs> <laughs> You want to switch? Am I current transitioning? You could take all the stress. Okay. How about you come record these podcasts and you run Game of Nerds? 
I'll go have some fun. Okay. <laughs> Let's do it. You can catch all of Russ's work along with all our other Marvel news, reviews, and recommendations on thegameofnerds.com. We can also be found on all major social media like Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, Tumblr, and YouTube as The Game of Nerds. You can subscribe to The Game of Nerds podcast on Google, Spotify, or Apple Podcasts so you don't miss out on any of the latest episodes. Remember, if you play for The Game of Nerds, you either level up or respawn. Thank <laughs> you.